Well, I wasn't nervous. Uh, had people asking me all morning, are you nervous? Uh, well, I wasn't until all of you started asking me. But uh, getting that way, uh, it'll be all right. I told Christy last week, I said, man, the quality of preaching is about to go way down next Sunday. I sure like it when Todd's here. I sure like it when I can just get to sing and sit back, Gary. Uh, man, isn't it amazing? Just to get a picture of, of what God left and what he's done for us and just who he is. Um, you don't have to turn there. If you want to go ahead and get a place, you can go ahead and turn over to Amos 5. Not in Amos a whole lot, so you go over there in the prophets and uh, you can start digging around. But uh, I want to take you right now to Revelation 5. And just get a picture of who God is and his majesty and his greatness Revelation 5, 9 says this, man, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worship. Amen? Amen. That, that should make a Baptist shout right there. That's, that's awesome stuff, guys. Just getting a picture. There are a hundred million angels at that point singing out praise to God. And I'll tell you, if you let it, Revelation 5 can change your life to get a heavenly perspective of who God is and His greatness. Because when you see that, you don't want to come in here and you don't want to just sing 10,000 reasons for my heart to find. You want to join with the chorus of heaven and give praise to this God who is worthy of everything we can give. Amen? Uh, I think it's easy sometimes to walk in here and it get routine. Life gets tough and sometimes we, we come in and you know, and it's one of those things where it's church time. Now it's singing time. Now we're going to sing the 10,000 Reasons song. And then it's over and then you just kind of go through it. So it's on a schedule. It can be routine. And... Um, it's, it's easy for me to do that. And I've done that before even as a music minister. Uh, this is my 10th year as, as a music minister here. And um, it's easy. I try to, what I try to do is pray, God, what do you want us to sing? What would honor you this week? What do you want us to do? And then listen. And it works amazing when I do that, Gary. And I don't do that all the time. Sometimes I just let the world get a hold and I get to Sunday morning and go, I think we'll sing these three songs, you know, and it's easy to do. And, and they honor God, and those songs are awesome, but it's just not right. It's just not what it could have been um, if I was really in tune with God. And I think to get my heart right this week, and uh, maybe you can do the same thing. I've just pictured at the end of this service, somewhere around noon, it's going to be the end of my existence. That's the end of my life. And I'm going to see God face to face. Face to face, guys, with the one who sits on the throne, this being with 
thunder and lightning and fire encircling the throne. And I'm going to see him face to face. And I want to preach exactly what he wants me to preach. I want to do exactly what he wants me to do. And I want to ask forgiveness for any sin that's in my life. I want to get things right because I'm going to see him. And uh, it can change things. And that's the way we got to get a hold of it, guys. And just look at it that way and, and, and keep... Uh, short company with, with our sin and uh, you know I think, we, I think we make some assumptions about God sometimes and we want to create this little happy box and stuff him in it and paint a little happy picture on it and you know everything about God is just rosy and God's amazing and he is and all those great things his mercy is unending and his forgiveness is amazing and his grace is amazing and but there's more to God than that his wrath is also perfect, and he is just, and he's a holy, and he's a powerful God. And he is, he is uh, to be reverenced, and he is to be feared. But uh, I, think we can, I think we can make these assumptions about God, and there's so much more to him. Sometimes it's easy when you hear people on stage, and Gary and with Sunday school, and Todd with church, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, um, Wednesday night, just please come. Just come, trying to beg people, just come to church. And I think we can start to get the picture that God's up in heaven somewhere going, you know what, just whatever you'll give me, I'm fine with it. Just give me something. I just want something. But I'm telling you, that's not the God we read about in Scripture. And um, this is not the sermon I wanted to preach, Gary. I wanted to preach what the, you know, the, the crazy uncle sermon where I only get to do this a couple times a year. And Todd preaches the hard stuff, and I want to come in and preach something really cool and get out. All right, go back to leading music. But God put this on my heart a few weeks ago, and, and it, it convicted me, but it's been sweet. It's been sweet to, uh, to see, have this fresh perspective on God. But we don't, we, don't see, uh, we don't see that side often, that God's not just up there going, whatever you can give me. You know what? He thinks he's great and he deserves our best. That's what God thinks. And his love is unconditional. Amen? Amen and amen. But, but we can't take that and apply it to everything. We can't apply Everything's not unconditional. And there are some things, uh, well, you know, one of the things you think about is God hears me every time I pray. Well, that's not what Scripture teaches. I know in Isaiah 58, his people were fasting and praying and calling out to God and God says I'm not listening to you because you're not taking care of your poor you do that and then when you cry out to me I'll say here I am in James 1 it says uh, if you pray in doubt don't expect to receive anything James 4 3 says if you pray with uh, wrong motives with selfish motives that uh, you're not going to receive anything in 1 Peter, it says that, Husbands, you better honor your wives, and you better lift them up as co-heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers are not hindered. Those things we do, it's conditional. There's things we do there. Uh, what's, what's the big prayer verse? 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. What's it start with? If. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear. There's an if, then. It's conditional. 
You know, he's saying if, if you're over here in your sin and there's no desire uh, to repent, I'm not listening to you. I'm not hearing you. So there's these things about God we make assumptions about that, that aren't really uh, scriptural. And I think we can do the same thing about church. Um, I think we can assume that we have a church here and God's up in heaven going, cool, there's a church that's dedicated to me. And think that just because we came in here and we sang songs and prayed prayers and had a gathering, that he's in heaven pleased. And that's not what Scripture teaches at all. Uh, let's look in, in, in the book of Amos. Uh, God takes this to another level, guys. Uh, Amos uh, chapter 5, starting in verse 21. And this is, this is God talking. I hate... I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river and righteousness like a never-failing stream. That's intense, guys. That's intense. Uh, God's in heaven right now. He thinks he, he's great and he deserves our best. And he tells these people, just because you're having an assembly doesn't mean I'm thrilled up there. And he actually calls their assembly, their gathering to worship him, a stench to him. And that's, that's crazy, right? You don't see that side of God often. And why, why did he say that? Because he didn't see the things that matter to him in their heart. They were bringing their offerings. They were bringing their best, it says. They were bringing their choice offerings. But he didn't see, their hearts weren't right. He didn't see justice in their heart. He didn't see a, a, the righteousness in their heart. And uh, it's got to be about him, guys. It's got to be about him. Our, our goal, and I think it, it can be easy to fall into this, our goal is not that when the end of service happens that we can walk away saying, man, that was good. The whole goal is for when we finish, for God to look down and look at what we've done and say, now that was good. That's the goal. The goal is to honor him and just to make sure he's pleased and make sure he's honored. And I think it's easy, uh, especially in America, to come in with a consumer mindset. It's all about consumption. A lot of times we come in and we'll go, well, you know, the air better be right. I know some of you are cold and some of you are hot right now. But uh, it says, that, you know, the air better be right. I'm, the child care, I hope the child care is good. Uh, the building, I uh, hope the speaker is good enough. And if it is, you know, I'll be all right. Well, that's the wrong mindset. The whole mindset we should have is when we walk into this room that we're walking into the presence of Almighty God. And we want to honor Him and we want to praise Him above everything else and pray that when we leave that He looks at our act of worship and goes, that was good. That was good. And it's easy to fall into that, guys. It's so easy. Uh, but we've got to come seeking to please Him and and God's not thrilled just because we showed up. I am thrilled that you showed up. 
And, and God loves you and he wants you to be here, but he wants you to give him your best. He is great God and he deserves our best. Let's look over in a, another prophet that we don't talk about a whole lot, but over in the book of Malachi. That, that is your last book of the Old Testament. I'll give you just a minute, sister. Just a little ways over. Malachi chapter 1. Now, in Malachi, the people are still attending these assemblies. uh, And they're still bringing their offerings. But it's gotten a little routine. It's gotten a little, they've gotten a little casual with it. Now, you've got to realize that for centuries, these people have been hearing the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. And here's Malachi in this saying the Messiah is coming. And uh, now this is about 400 years before the Messiah actually comes. But uh, they're like, you know what? Yeah, Messiah's coming. Our grandparents told us that. Our great-grandparents told us that. Uh, Yeah, I hear you. But isn't that similar to us? How, how long have we been hearing the Messiah is coming back? Jesus is coming back. The Messiah is coming back. And do you, do you remember the first time you heard that? The first time you heard a sermon on that? Uh, might have been junior high, high school, may have been elementary. But uh, man, you, when you lay down to pray at night, you're going, God, is it tonight? Is this the night that you're coming back? You know, you heard that and... And you're, you're confessing everything at that point, and you're getting, you're getting things right with God. Uh, but you know what? About the 10th, 15th time you've heard Jesus is coming back, it's easy to go, yeah, Jesus is coming back. That's another, another return to Christ sermon. And it's easy to get in that. And, that, and so th- that's what's going on here. They've, they've kept the services going, but it's gotten a little casual. Um, and I think it's easy to sink into, you know, let me go give an hour uh, to church on Sunday morning, do my thing, and go back to life. And that's kind of what the, that's kind of what's going on here in the book of Malachi. The people were still bringing sacrifices; they just weren't bringing their best sacrifices. And God's response: Look at God's response in this. And he's going to say, "In this, I'm a great God, but I'm also powerful, and I'm also holy." And I deserve your best, and you guys aren't giving it to me. That's what he's telling these people. And he speaks through his prophet Malachi. Let's look, uh, Malachi 1, starting in, in, uh, we'll look at verses 8 and 9. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? Or some translations even say, is that not evil? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong or evil? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Now plead with God to be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? And you see what he's saying? The priest here had good offerings. They had good offerings. They had good sheep, but they were keeping the best for themselves. Um... You know, they had, they had the good sheep over here, but there's that one over here that keeps running into trees and has three legs and, you know, and uh, it's a little spotty. And we're like, I don't want that one. We'll offer that up to God. And God's going, are you kidding me? 
You're going to give me that almighty God. Same God who said, let there be light and light scream through the universe. You're going to give me, you're going to seriously give me a diseased offering. You're going to give me your leftovers. And that's what he was saying. And it's easy to assume, like I said, that God is happy with whatever we'll give him. But he's still throughout Scripture saying, I'm a great God and I deserve your best. Not just something, but your, your absolute best. Um, now this is a little bit different of an illustration, and I did want to, you can go ahead to that next slide. That's chicken. Um, I didn't really want to have chicken on stage with me because that can get weird. But uh, just pretend, guys, for a minute that, that this, is, this is what we do with our time and our finances. And we'll say this piece of chicken represents our finances, all right? So here's what we do. Take a bite. Got to pay your mortgage, all right? Got a car payment. We have insurance. Got to get groceries, retirement, cable TV, go to the movies, eat out, spend it on whatever entertainment we have. And, and we go on and on and we, we take bites out of, take bites, take bites. We take the, the best for ourselves first and we, we end up with something that looks kind of like that. And we go, here you go, guy. How crazy is that? But I think the crazier part is that there's a lot of people who believe that God's up in heaven running over there to the chicken bone, picking it up, going, oh, great, there's still little bits of meat left on the bone. That's not the guy we read about in Scripture. God thinks he's great and that he deserves our absolute best. And this is what the priest in Malachi's day thought. Let's spend it on ourselves. Let's do what we want with the best. If something, if something is left over, I'll give it to God. And we do this with our finances. We do this with our time. We spend all kinds of time uh, on our, our families, on our entertainment, on our work. Not bad things, but not God. And I'm guilty too. And it's easy because everything around us, the whole world, the whole system, the whole corrupt system of the world right now, sin is all pointing to everything else. Just do what, do everything else to just put in place of God, but don't, don't do this God thing. Don't honor him with absolutely everything you have. And I fall into it. I've fallen into that. And it's easy. Um... And, and God's sitting there, you know, and he looks at us, and he, just like he's looking at the people of Malachi and going, are you kidding me? That's all you're going to bring me? I'm almighty God, and you're just going to give me your leftovers? And this is where it really hit me. Uh, next verse. Verse 10. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. 
I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. Mercy. Man, God's saying, you know what? If you're just going to come in here and, and just go through the motions, don't come. That's what he's saying. I mean, he, you'd think God would be happy with our leftovers, right? We're here. We're busy people. You know, we gave a little bit, maybe, but we got bills, God. I mouth the words to the song. I don't even like to sing, you know. I see a lot of guys just standing beside their wives on, on uh, Sunday morning worship. They're not, they're not singing out, you know. But God, look, God's saying, I don't care how you sound. I, I am the object of your worship. Sing out to me. I'm worthy of it. Praise me. I'm worthy of it. And uh, why does he say that? You know, it, it just, he's saying, I wish someone would just shut the doors if you're going to go through the motions, be routine, and give me your leftovers. Lock it up. That's what he's saying in those verses. Those are strong verses. I didn't like those verses when he, when he pointed them out to me because it started getting convicting, Gary. Todd always told me that the sermon's been working on him about three weeks before he ever gets it out to anybody else. And man, I'm... My toes have been completely crushed for about a month now. But it's convicting. But this is, this is Scripture. This is, what God, this is what God looks like. He is a great God and He deserves our best. And, and why is He saying, just lock it up if you're not going to give me that? Next verse. Verse 11. My name will be great among the nations. From where the sun rises to where it sets, in every place incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. That's why. Because he said, I'm great and my name's going to be great. So if people don't want to worship me like I deserve to be worshipped, he's saying, you know what, that's all right. There are people all around the planet who get me, who get who I am who recognize my worth, who see me as the, the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth and who's worthy of, of everything we can give. And some of them are even giving their life for me. And he tells us, you know what? If you're going to come in just when the air's right, if the sermon's short enough, the weather's just right outside, music's good enough, speaker's entertaining enough, Lock it up. Stay home. But he doesn't want you to do that. What he wants us to do is come and give him the absolute best we have. Not just in here, but every area of our lives. Every bit through the week. When you're at your job, give your best. Not just give your best in your effort, but honor him with everything you do. Speak his name. You're like, well, I might get fired. Well, guess what? God gave you that job. He can give you another one. We got we to gotta get a, this can't be, it can't be theoretical, all right? God's real. Our God is real and he is alive and, and we got to get it in our minds that he is great and he deserves our best. And he's not just happy with anything that we can give, just whatever we give him, that he's just winking at us going, Thanks. That's not who he is. He's an amazing God. Isn't it amazing? 
He left the splendor of heaven for us and offered salvation, went to an old rugged cross for us and suffered and bled and died, but rose again to give that to us, to give us salvation, a way back to the Father. He thinks he deserves our best. And we have to get rid of that mentality. We've got to get rid of that. Um, you know, I, I see those words and I think, I don't want God to ever look down at me and see my act of worship and go lock it up. Lock the doors. Don't come in here and just be routine. And I've, I've been there, guys. And I apologize. I apologize to God. I want to give him my best. I want him to look down at us and see a people with hearts full of love for each other and for those who are around us. I want him to look down and see people who are different, who rearrange their whole lives around an audience of one. Not, not where we have an agenda, this is the way I'm going to live my life, I'll give God some acknowledgement, but who will rearrange everything to honor him. I want to see that. I want to see that. I want to see a people who not only sing I surrender all with their lips, but sing it with their lives. You know what? Say talk is cheap, you know. I see a lot of, there are, there are a lot of great theologians on Facebook. Did you know that? I see that so much. I'll see, I'll see scripture and then I'll see a very different life being lived. I've been there. We can all be there. We're, we're a flawed people who serves a perfect God, though. And I want to give him my best. We just got to get rid of the mentality and the falsehood that God will just accept whatever we'll give him. I mean, since the beginning of time, hadn't there been an offering God accepted and one he rejected? You go back to Cain and Abel. You know, God said, I want meat. Cain worked hard, too. He, he grew fruits and vegetables and had to gather them up and brought them to God. I mean, he put some effort into it. He didn't just, he wouldn't just lax. He put a lot of work into it. And God said, I'm not going to accept that because that's not what I ask from you. And I want to give God what he wants, not just anything. I want to give God what he wants. But there's always been an offering that he accepted and one that he rejected. And, and this, is not a, this is not a downer message because you realize that everything God does, it's going to be for our benefit. Anything we do when we honor God, when we obey God, when we live like God wants us to live, it's going to benefit us. We don't do it to benefit us, but we're, there's going to be blessings from that. And I tell you, uh, well, look, go a couple chapters over. Malachi 3. Malachi 3, verse 10. It says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. God doesn't say test him often. 
He says, test me in this. You know what? Give me what I ask for. Give me your best and then test me. See, see what I won't do. And I tell you, anything that we, we, when we use those first, when we go and we use the best on ourselves and use it all up, that consumer attitude, uh, no matter what we do, we can't come close to the gifts that God wants to give. We're over here with this, with this cheap gift. I saw a picture, actually, I think on Facebook this week with a, uh, this small child holding on to this, to this little teddy bear. And, and uh, he's, Jesus is saying, trust me on that. And he has this, this huge teddy bear behind his back. Now, I see God like that. We're going, we're going to, you know, we're going to skim off the top and we're going to do whatever it takes for, to please ourselves. And God's going, if you'll just give me your best, the blessings I'll pour out on you will, will make all that just pale. You believe that? Maybe. You believe that? You know? This is hard for me, all right? I, I, don't, I don't talk a lot about finances, uh, mainly because I don't have much. Uh, yeah, Ed Young Jr., uh, pastor, he used to say, people get funny when you talk about money. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. I don't, talk about, I don't talk about our finances a whole lot, but I'll tell you this. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're a two-week-to-two-week two family. And uh, I'm sure a lot of you can say that. You're just, you're just trying to make it week-to-week, week, you know, month-to-month. There's not a lot of excess, and a lot of that's on us. You know, we've learned a lot of lessons over the years, but we're still paying for past uh, mistakes. Yeah, there's still consequences from past mistakes. Um, I'll just tell you this. When, when God started bringing this sermon uh, to me, I struggled with it because I didn't want to preach it because I have not been tithing. It's just financially, there's no, there's no way to make it work. There's no possible way financially. And I was like, you know what? And I felt God going, I want you to tithe in the month of November. I want you to do this. I want you to trust me. And I was like, I think I'll preach something else. That'll take the pressure off me, Gary. We'll just preach something completely different, but... God kept bringing me back to that. And you know what? I came to Christy and I said, I think God, God's telling us to, that we need to tithe in November and to test him. That he'll take care of our needs. And, um, you know, there's a saying that goes, uh, show me your calendar and your checkbook and I'll show you what's really important in your life. And I talked to Todd and, and um, about what God was leading me to do. And he said, man, if God's leading it, you got to do it. So I want to I wanna issue you guys a challenge too. Especially our members. man. If you're not a member here and you want to do it, that's great too. But our members, I want to challenge you to give God your best for November. Time and, time and tithe challenge. I'm going I'm I'm to ask you that you take the challenge to tithe to God. 10% for November. And for us to be, for our members to be at every Sunday school class through the month of November. I don't think that's too much to ask 
for a God who stepped out of heaven, went to a cross. And gave his best for us. And you see in this, God's taught me, this is not, this is not a, a financial thing. It's a trust thing. The numbers don't work, Gary. The numbers don't work. If I take what we, what we have to come out every month and um, what we're left over with and then you take out a tithe, it's well in the red. There's nothing logically sound about what God's asked me to do. And what I feel God's asking you to do. And I'm just, I'm just, let's start with November, all right? And we'll go from there. And just watch what God's going to do. But I'll tell you this. I told Christy, if the God of the universe, you know, this is the same God who picked up dirt, breathed into it, and a man came, appeared, he can handle Danny and Christy's finances for a month. That's not a problem. But in this, what we're saying is, God, you're real. Not only are you real, but you're my God. I'm going to honor you, and I'm going to give you my best. And I'm going to trust that you can take care of my needs, even though logically it makes no sense. It's a God-sized thing. And if we're going to be called his people, and he is our God, we've got to trust him, guys. I want to give him my best, don't you? Just pour it out on him. And watch what he's going to do. I want to finish the race strong. You know, we're going to, we could, we could face God any day now. I use that illustration just to get my heart right. But it, it could be today. It could be before we walk out of here. It, it could be when we walk out. We don't know. But I want him to find us faithful. I want him to look at every little piece of our lives. We can't hide anything from God anyway. I want him to search out the corners where the cobwebs are and look at every piece and go, I'm honored by it. That's what I want to see. I want to see that, I want to see that in my life. I want to see that in your life. And uh, guys, it's time to be the church. It's time to be the church and let's care for each other. Let's care for other people and then let's just watch the amazing things that God will do, not only in this area, but in our lives. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Now, I believe that. With everything I got, I believe that. An amazing God loved us so much. He didn't give his leftovers. He gave his treasure. He gave his one and only son. And whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Let's give God our best. Let's get excited about what he wants to do. I want to see God-sized things. Don't you? I want to see things that when people look first thing they say is not about First Baptist Church that's going, 
And God's doing something big time there. And I'm not worried about the signage over the door. Man, I'm seeing lives put back together. I'm seeing marriages restored. I'm seeing prodigal children coming back to God. I'm seeing difference. I'm looking at them and I'm looking at the world and there's a difference. I'm tired of blending in, aren't you? Let's give God our best. I'm excited about it. Let's go Lord in prayer. God, we praise you. We thank you for giving your son, Jesus. We thank you for giving your best, God. Give us the courage, Lord, to give you our best. Give us the faith, God, to trust in you in all things. That you'll be honored through it. Help us to realize that our whole lives are for an audience of one. Our whole lives are an act of worship for you, God. We love you. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.